I keep thinking it's not on Fox. I keep thinking it's on some other channel. I don't know why. It just... Wait, what other channel would it be on? I said the CW last week. Did you remember that? No, that's where DC lives with all their shitty yeah. uh, superhero... Like Arrowverse. But this kind of has the vibe of the Arrowverse, which I guess was airing at the same time. I guess I, w- I would argue that this is a little bit better than those DC shows, but not by much. Yeah, I was kind of thinking about it because the guy who plays um, Harry slash whatever his name is, Traitor, in this is also on Black Lightning, which is a one of those DC shows that I haven't haven't seen. But I was like, oh, wow, this guy really played in both both pools, huh? I mean, that that comment alone, you're like, I haven't seen it. And I'm like, well, that's not hard because the CW has approximately like 25 DC shows that are each like nine seasons long. Yeah. And they're just like weird soap operas where the main <laughs> characters are also wearing superhero costumes. That's the best way I can describe that. I'm kind of realizing <laughs> that that's what this show is, though. No, this show is more like... This is kind of more of a crime procedural. This is an X-Men show where none of the X-Men are there except for Polaris. As of this and episode, I, guess... I am no longer sure this is an X-Men show. Okay, but <laughs> every other Morlock that's been in the background of an Morlock X-Men animated show. series. <laughs> is, welcome to the Morlock Ages, every adaptation of the Morlocks reviewed by us. Back when we were young, we experienced a change. We felt a power grow in us, both wonderful and strange. first started this show yeah okay yep, so yep, yep. whatever you we watched was. like season one yep and there was like an episode that i made fun of that was in the morlock tunnels that was the whole storm versus callisto yeah season one of x-men the animated series is what we're talking about yes yes yeah and in the background of one of the shots there's a youtube video i made and put it up on the mutant ages youtube channel that yep. made fun of this where there were like 35 random poorly drawn morlocks in the background just standing there and i laughed my ass off at the time they were like all our actual They're characters all main characters on the gifted Every single one of those uh, yeah. Morlocks. Why? <laughs> Every Morlock is out here. They are all fucking here. Pulse, <laughs> Pulse, Traitor, and Beautiful Dreamer, our favorite characters from Marvel Comics. Don't forget about Shatter. Is Shatter in this? I don't even know who that is. Yeah, he's the guy that has the face paint on for that one scene. Oh, is he the is he the dark elf? <laughs> no, no, no. Shatter, he, he looks like he's got a cracked face, like a window. Oh, like that face. guy! Yeah, and I remember when this episode came out, people were like, oh my god, it's Shatter! And it's like, <laughs> nobody fucking cares who this character is. <laughs> it's like, it's kind of like the reminder to me that 
while I've been a big X-Men fan my whole life, I mean, committed enough to get, like, tattoos on my body yeah, yeah, yeah. of the X-Men, right? And yet, you aren't a Shatter fan, Ryan. You no, aren't. there's, like, a deeper <laughs> level of this fandom that is absolutely insane. And, and, and you know what? It's not just X-Men. It's, like, yeah. really any fandom. Yeah, there's, anything. like, a level there's where people are, like... who's, like, I'm just excited to see a character. I don't care... How obscure they are. I'm just so excited they're here. It's like the same people who watched X-Men 3 and saw like a Toad character and they're like, that's a null. I'm so excited I didn't recognize that. I'm like, it's like a grown man who's not green. I don't know how you're even identifying that. It's like, I, I don't know. I guess I've never been obsessed with something to the level that I could be like picking out. Like something like Shatter. I but, mean, like, yeah, I, you know, that's a callback to this random page of a comic. You know what I mean? Like, and it's like I've, I've consumed a lot of media. I can't even imagine. I, I mean, you have to have like a photographic memory to even remember somebody like this. Like, so Shatter is from the Chicago Morlocks, by the way. I'm looking at the Marvel Wiki right now. I'm glad you're looking at this. Which Trader is also from. That's Trader with a D, by the way. He's on this episode. Oh my God. What the fuck is this? Now? Okay, sorry. Facebook Messenger went off and I thought it was somebody that I'm waiting to get back to me. And yep. it's like, this person wants to talk to me and says, hey there, I am 34 and gay. <laughs> Jesus. Is it a dick pic? No, I don't know what it is. It's like, I, I don't know why I this is happening. I think we know what it is, Ryan. I think we know. I have no, I'm not opening it, but I, I do have a question as to why social media is as bad as it is right now. It is, like, awful. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. Well, anyway, um, anyway, I just figured I would let all of our listeners know that some random person just messaged me and was like, hello. Guys, find Ryan on Facebook. Send him a message. Okay, so here's, we're just going to derail for a second <laughs> here because I don't think, I don't think our listeners even really know this. And I think you partially know this. I know Todd does not know this, but like, you know, I identify as gay because that's what I've been attracted to my whole life, right? And we say we're t- we get all horny about like the X-Men. Sure. It's funny because we like come up with these porn scenarios on here we laugh about them because i think porn is funny i'm not actually attracted to porn so <laughs> yeah we had a whole conversation about this in the mutiny just like recently about how did we really yeah, i we don't did. remember we did because i was like i don't really like porn that much and a lot of it isn't good right I, ryan i can't imagine where the fuck this is going but well no going, the, the point guess. is that like these these people that will message me <laughs> This is why I don't do dating apps because, like, I'm like, I need to like know you for a really long time before I'm even willing to have sex are with you, you. Are you um, demisexual? Is that what you're? I think are that's you coming the closest out as demisexual. Well, no, I've been thinking about it for like the past seven months. Where I'm like, is that what that is? Because demisexual, yeah. I think, has like a whole another integrated layer to it that I'm not. Does it? I don't think that's. I think so. I'm going to Google it. I'm pretty sure it just means you need to actually know someone before you're attracted to them. So, like, the best way for me to, A, be in a relationship and or have sex with somebody is to have a built connection with them first, like, as a friend. That's the way it's always been. And, okay, so so demisexuality is a sexual orientation in which a person feels sexually attracted to someone only after they developed a close emotional bond with them. That is who I am as a person. And that is why I've been in bad relationships because I've tried to jump the gun on that. Like before I've really felt anything. I don't know if that's the only reason, because I also think it's like a self-esteem thing, not to get too far into the Ryan psychoanalysis. And also those guys might've been bad. I don't, you know, (laughs) well, but I also think, and speaking for myself here, I feel like dating somebody who's bad, a bad partner is usually because you think you don't deserve better. You know, right. I mean, I've done that. I think that's kind of a classic situation. Yeah. But also, it is really hard to kind of navigate the modern dating world 
of the apps as we call them because yeah because you're kind of, of forced that. to i mean i i don't know i i'm not demisexual per se but like i certainly had this issue where i for the first several dates usually i'll be like i don't even know this person at all let alone if i like them. <laughs> yeah i know i mean i think that's weird on its own it but is super weird. i don't know it's super weird. i mean we've talked about this before and you have to kind of like wait until you find somebody who's willing to like go slow take the time yeah Hey guys, it's Ryan blipping in from the future real quick. Um, I wanted to actually make a little bit more of a comment on this while we were recording the episode and we didn't because Maddie and I were incapable of focusing at all when we were recording. So, you know, like the thought process was there, but you know, you've listened to this show, you know, we can't do that. Um, but I just wanted to really do a quick thing about the demisexual thing. Uh, I have actually been sort of figuring that out for a few years now because I've been trying to match up in therapy why my uh, relationships are the way they are and the way that I feel for people are. And I wanted to just kind of make a comment on it because I think there are plenty of listeners who are also identifying with this as well and uh, may find it very challenging to enter the dating world because dating apps traditionally don't really work for people like us who need to build friendships first that then evolve into a more romantic or intimate situation. Um, and I just wanted to validate you and your feelings and how hard that is, because it is like this extra layer in which you can't uh, just easily meet people because it's um, really difficult to just go out on dates. Uh, and I just wanted to say that the best way to sort of manage that, if you're like, you want that, but you know that it's going to take time for your feelings to develop and have that intimate, physical, emotional, and mental connection um, you know, a big recommendation I learned from one of the courses I took is to just get involved with communities and go out and do the things you love to do. So, for example, I love roller skating and theme parks. So I spend a lot of time doing that and going into communities where I can meet people just as friends without the intention of like a romance to make that happen, if that makes any sense. So, um you know, just like kind of go into it with that thought process, um, because I know it's a very lonely walk to walk. So, you know, I just wanted to validate the other fellow queer demisexuals who listen to this show. Anyway, back to whatever the fuck this episode is. Why are we talking about this right now? This is nothing. I don't know, because we didn't want to talk about this show, but it's because I got that. I got it, My ADHD was like, I immediately got a weird message. Like, you got message a weird where, message, and you wanted to explain to listeners why you're not going to respond to it. You know what? Let's let's open it now. Because- okay. Well, <laughs> let's open it. Let's see what's in there. Let's see what's in there, and let's see if it's a penis. Today on uh, the listener mail here at the View and Ages, uh, it says, hey there, I am 34 and gay, and they live in Maryland. Then why the fuck I'm blocking this person? Is that all it like, says? Yeah, there's not even a dick pic. Thank God. Block. <laughs> this could just be this could just be something I put at the end of the episode. Let's- no, leave it in. Leave it. I, I'm not saying I'm taking it out. I'm gonna chew on a sandwich now because I didn't eat dinner. Well, that's your own fault. <laughs> I'll be like, just edit this out, Maddie. I gave you a full hour to eat dinner, and you were like, I'm not hungry. I'm not I'm just hungry. gonna sit here reading a book. Okay, well, there's nothing wrong with that. It's a great book. But you know what's not a great book is The Gifted, which is still not great. Somebody uh, saw respond to you on Blue Sky saying that I it know. gets better. I responded so to them. It's possible. Oh, I thought you were talking about the person who responded to me just now saying that they oh, love The Gifted. was there another Gifted. one? Yeah. Yeah, that's else. what I'm talking about. They were saying that it gets better as it goes on or something like that. Yeah, that was somebody else. But people are engaging with the mutant ages on Blue Sky. Follow me on Blue Sky for more. And uh, we're only on episode four. So... 
I'm not going to make any sweeping generalizations yet. I think there will probably be good episodes and bad episodes of this show. But I will say, I don't know what this show is about. I thought you were going to say this was not one of the good episodes. It wasn't one of the good episodes. I think that's fair to say. But also, again, I do not know what this show is about. What is the plot of the show? I think your favorite part of this episode is probably when Blink was like having sexy dreams. (laughs) I think my favorite part was the two completely fucking identical scenes that happened. (laughs) We are talking about when they're talking about interfaces. No, the Blink scenes. The two identical Blink scenes. They like have Blink having a sexy dream about John. And then 10 minutes later, they have Blink having a sexy dream about john okay that's i thought you were i thought you were gonna talk about the scene where they are like there's like five minutes of them sitting there determining how they're going to intervene with this convoy that has polaris and reed on it and then later on there's another scene where they do that again they're like all right so now we're gonna go in but now we have blueprints and i was like who wrote this episode (laughs) i did look i did look up on imdb the writers of this episode I, i there was a point where i paused it and i was like i need to look into this they're fine they've done other things but i did think it was kind of interesting that a lot of the writers for the gifted not just the ones for this app but like across the board have written for police procedurals which i think this episode really feels like that like there's like right. a it whole does feel like kind of drug lord plot line with marcos that doesn't fit in this show like doesn't work in this show. This is what I was telling you about. I know, and you were making the point that it, it's it's like a racist trope, which I totally agree with. Leave leave that aside for the second. It, it just doesn't even fit plot-wise here, you know? No, like, it why doesn't. Is it I don't know why. Why is it in the show at all? It's because these people are writing police procedurals. Does she come back? I don't remember. I don't know. I feel like I maybe she I'll does. I guess that up, too. I hated that woman. I think there is another episode where she comes back. I think she comes back because... I think they don't have any ideas. Like, I just feel like they don't. This episode is all over the place, and it's not even interesting to watch. And also, some of the dialogue is awful. So, quickly, yep. previously on the Mutant oh, Ages. Okay, sure. I was going to complain about the dialogue, but I'll let you go. Okay, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, I want to hear. Okay, have you noticed this? Now I'm going to break your brain and the brain of anybody who's ever watched The Gifted. Almost every character starts sentences with the word, look, comma. You are going to notice it not- now. You're going to notice yeah, it now. Yeah, I'm going to notice it now. Because it's maddening. And it's not like, oh, that's just how Reed Strucker talks. Or like, oh, John happens to use the word look a lot. Every character does it. And once I noticed it in this episode, it was driving me fucking crazy, Ryan. Like, every fucking character. Like, they go, look, we got to get down to business with this convoy. Or like, it just, I don't, I don't know why. It's like a filler word. It's like, you don't need to put that into dialogue. Like... Well, I I don't. Anyway, sorry. Keep going. Previously on the ice. I mean, I would have written that when I wrote like a when I was thirteen. I mean, I think it's I think it's a classic. Yeah. Young writer, which is weird because I I don't have any indication that the people who write this show are inexperienced. That that there's no indication of that. They've written many other things. It's just it's as though they're trying to write just kind of extemporaneous dialogue. So there's a lot of casual language and. A lot of come on, like come on is another thing the characters say constantly or, you know, it's out of control. And to the point where it became extremely noticeable to me. Yeah, I'm looking at the writer's other credits. And actually, I think that this this type of show that is being written for uh, The Gifted works for some of these others that I'm looking at here, like Chicago PD, CSI, Chicago for Criminal Minds. I mean, these are... 
like you said, procedural shows that my mom and dad watch. Or that like Dina watches to fall asleep to because she's that kind of person. <laughs> I can't watch it. I they mean, stress me out. But Katie, like, Katie, Katie is the same them. way. Yes, yes. Oh my God. I go SVU. over to my mom and dad's house and they're always watching FBI. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm watching this and it's always like, the same thing as fucking law and order they're all the same fucking show except the fbi has like this added thing where like every scene has the most like intense music happening in the background i was like why is the composition of the music in this show out of control like there's a part where they're like looking at a computer and it's like have you noticed the music on this show is like that too where it's like jace turner turns around and the music is like and i'm like nothing's fucking happening right now like you can't (laughs) you can't use a music sting to trick me ryan cackles like todd harper uh uh I, I like I, how we're so angry. We didn't even like introduce ourselves or the show. We just like oh, right. started. Oh my god, it's 15 minutes up to this episode. I, okay, whatever. so I'm sure I put the theme I'm song Ryan. in somewhere. This is the I'm ages. We review every adaptation <laughs> of the X-Men. We're we're watching episode four of The Gifted. Bless the people who come into this show with The Gifted and they're like, oh, like Maddie and Ryan reviewing The Gifted. And they don't realize that we've reviewed every other adaptation of the X-Men up to now. And we're coming in with like preconceived notions about like what is and isn't a good X-Men show based on six years of podcasting. So I'm so sorry if you started here and you're like, what is this based on? Where are these opinions coming from? I don't know. Listen to the backlog. We have a lot of thoughts on the X-Men. <laughs> I, we, I mean, the, I mean, this is show is, is like bare early x-men and this is Maddie yeah. and i keep on being like when is x-men 97 gonna drop because we are now in the territory where we have random spin-offs of some tv shows that will have the x-men in it that we'll watch at some point the gifted kind of feels like it's that to me yeah and then and then there's legion which we did i think we determined that we'll watch it but we're gonna watch it in chunks and just kind of review it like not like how we do blow by blow on a scene but i think we decided like you, me, and Todd could like watch like three or four episodes at a time and then yeah, just talk about yeah, the episodes. Yeah, that might be fun. I'm down for that. There's just nothing about the X-Men and Legion. There's like I know. zero, I mean like Legion's there. And it's barely related to Marvel Comics lore because it's kind of like its own trippy kind of side universe, which is also kind of this show. There were a bunch of rights issues around that too. I know. I mean, these were both being produced at the same time. This was the era of that, which is why this is Bargain Bin Morlocks, the show. Like I, I like that. I mean, it's it's like it not is, even the main Morlocks. It's, it's fucking like... bargain bin. And no offense to these poor Morlocks. I'm sure they're great. And some of them have actually useful powers for like the heist that they have to do in this. It's not a heist. It's a prison break. Whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Some of them have cool powers, but like they're nobodies. It's not some Elder Baron 5 or whatever the fuck <laughs> it was. <laughs> I am longing for Elder Baron 5. So like you were trying to do previously on The Gifted and I just kept complaining over and over. Oh, okay, well... Previously on the X-Men, this is kind of complicated, even though it shouldn't be. But basically, there is this white family that Mm -hmm. is a white privileged family called the Struckers that are descendants of Nazis. (laughs) Not going to come up on this episode, but it will come up at some point. Yes, yes. The two kids have gotten the mutant gene of the Fenris twins and... Now, their dad, who is a prosecutor, is on the run with their mother. Except he's been arrested and the mom and two kids have not. So he's in custody and the mom and two kids are on the run. They're working with the mutant underground, which is kind of led by Polaris, who is also in custody. So her and Reed are in custody together. Lorna's also pregnant on this show. Yeah. Don't know why. With Havix, baby. Oh, wait, no. We didn't have the rights to Havix. So instead, it's this guy named Eclipse, who's kind of like a cross between Roberto and Havix. You know what's crazy is that the general 
Generation X movie, which also sort of had a similar situation. It wasn't rights issues. They just were like, we don't know how to do Chamber of Husk CG, which is hilarious to me. Right. So they just kind of took shortcuts and made up of two the other characters CG. that like still kind of looked like them. Yep. Yeah. Yep. But that's kind of like what this show is. Yeah. Where it's like scene to scene, like you can tell they're running out of money as of this episode because they have like two sets on this show that's the other thing i've started to really notice there's like a scene where they're in the jail cell and i'm like i'm 90 percent certain i've seen this set yes. in another show I've, i felt <laughs> like i've seen it on this show like the scene with the jail cell is hilarious like i noticed the signs on the wall like it's like a conference room where they hug up a sign that says jail on it like it's <laughs> yeah, hilarious and there's, only, there's literally one angle of yes. that room and yeah. i'm like they didn't even build like more than one wall i'm nope. like damn this they is like they didn't have time or money and they didn't care and also like okay the flashback scene where blink and john are making out which is a manufactured memory on the part of this other character dreamer who had a memory of her and john making out uh we'll explain that later but who gives a shit that's maddie's favorite plot point. that is also set in the exact same scene right outside the mutant underground where lorna and marcos had their makeout session last episode remember that yeah i noticed that like, too why and why are those two scenes in the exact same location? Why? There's also a scene where they're at the beginning of this what that we're about to cover. I'm, I'm going to just talk about this opening scene where it's like a flashback where yeah. we have fucking Thunderbird and this guy Pulse, this <laughs> character who is fucking, I didn't even remember who the fuck he was. He's so obscure. And like, he's not even on the Marvel fandom wiki. I had to link Ryan to like some off brand shitty wiki that he's on. <laughs> I was like, I was like, the fuck is this? Because he's not even on the official Marvel wiki. That's how obscure Pulse is. I, like, I guess he worked with Mystique and Gambit. Like, I don't even know. Don't so know. anyway, I don't know. So like this guy Pulse is with uh, John Proudstar. Yep. And they're like at this fence that has a hole in it. I'm like, that's the same fence of the Mutant Underground, but you're yep. trying to tell me that it's somewhere else. And then later, I know in a separate episode, when they do the convoy that they interrupt with the, that gets the cuckoos out. Oh, are they going to interrupt a convoy again? Because they rented yes. six vans for this show and that's the only yes. scene they can so do. They're going to, they're going to do that. And there's another, fence that's the same fence yep. but like in a different location and like the warehouse they're in where they break into the convoy is like I, the I same that fucking too. warehouse that they've okay, been in okay wait you're talking about the one with like blake and yes. john and i'm like this is the same warehouse except they're shooting it from the other side yes. of the room and i could tell and i was like this is crazy it's like all exactly the same like it feels like it would cost five dollars and it's making me it insane it, see, it feels like what any of the sh shit we shot in high school yeah. where it's like we only had access to the high school you know? it's, it's like, it is it's like, like that it's like as though they are filming in a high school after class yes it feels like that i don't know people loved this show and i don't know i think it's because in 2017 we were so starved for x-men content so people were watching this and just waiting waiting for it to be good in this defense emma dumont's on this show oh, and her polaris is incredible so and now that she's out of jail she can actually do shit which is helpful we'll see ryan i'm a little worried <laughs> and i know i i know that the other selling point of the show because i remember this is when the cuckoo showed up that's when everyone's like this show got good again that's not till the end of season one though oh i i'm well aware and it doesn't make the show good it's just that the cuckoos They're were fun. so fun yeah you know yeah. also that's still wrong because there's only three of them 
<laughs> but like, that's fine. I mean, there's always different numbers of cuckoos. Like, I know, that's right? Fine. It's like having, whatever. Emma's cloned children everywhere. Yeah. Anyway, so that that's where we're at now. Is that there's this scene that's in the past where fucking John and Pulse are on a date. Oh, are we just skipping previously on? I mean, who gets no? A I, shit? I, I basically covered it. Covered like, it. I mean, like, I mean, all you need to know is that Caitlin keeps on trying to drive the kids back to their family's house to yeah. be like, <laughs> who can help us? And all of them are like, none of us. Yeah, like every other person in in the Strucker family's life is like, please stop contacting us and go away. Your kids are mutants and we don't want to interact with you ever again. I'm going to point out that Caitlin, Caitlin Strucker would have been like the most annoying character on the show if she wasn't played by Amy Acker. Oh, I know. It's wild how much that's true. It's just that Amy Acker is like so good at what she does and so is the girl that plays lauren like she should not be likable she shouldn't be likable at all but she right. is just on the sheer force of will of amy acker's charisma <laughs> like this i mean i've character, always loved amy acker you know i've always amazing. found her to be a she's great so actress and like you're rooting for this random white lady who's like <laughs> not a mutant has no superpowers doesn't understand marginalization doesn't understand politics is like a rich lady who like knows how to cook dinner and like that's about it no she's actually she's a nurse she does have a really important skill that actually like helps the team yeah she's the medic and that's right she's the cleric but also she's like kind of a fighter in this episode for no reason like she's i mean she's been doing that since the last episode when she was like jumping through portals i feel like they should have they should have explained it by having her be like i've been taking kickboxing (laughs) in my spare time like i don't know she's how does she have time to learn how to do this they're like why are you like this she goes because i'm played by amy acker that's what she says to the camera yeah like she's like i I did all that fight training on angel so now i'm capable of like stabbing somebody in the neck in two seconds flat (laughs) she's fred didn't she do it again in dollhouse yeah she's always stabbing people in the neck with a syringe she's amy Acker loves to do that (laughs) what is she been up to lately now i have to look this I don't up no i i gotta look that up too and we would love to do anything other than watch this show is kind of what it is isn't it i mean i would love to hang out with amy acker because she seems cool she does she's such a good actress oh i forgot that she's done voice work that that's cool she's on a show called the watchful eye that i've literally never heard of oh she was on agents sign. of shield i don't remember that oh my god i do she was like on multiple episodes anyway I, but I was going to say is that um, she was the voice of my favorite DC character and Justice League Unlimited. Which is who? Huntress. She's I love Huntress. Oh, wow. Really? That's so Huntress. Cool. I mean, she Huntress does not get enough love, but she manages to like her and Black Canary are probably my favorite DC heroes. And they're not in They're Like, well, first of all, they don't get a lot of love, but yet they're in everything. <laughs> yeah i don't know if you can make that argument but yeah so next time you watch justice league unlimited you can be like that's amy acker oh you know what amy acker's in she's in person of interest which i've never seen but apparently she's in like 65 episodes of that is this gonna be a situation where like you know what we just have to watch everything amy acker's been in instead of this show i mean that might be a better use of time. the acker ages <laughs> <laughs> then we'd have to watch dollhouse though and i don't think either of us actually i mean i think I, I think it would be hilarious to watch dollhouse with todd because we'd just be like losing our fucking minds that show shouldn't have happened i know we don't need to talk about it anyway so back to the weird date that johnny johnny john and pulse are on so john john proudstar has a boyfriend named pulse who is in the past with him and we get introduced to him in this flashback scene and they're boyfriends right i mean they're boyfriends right there i mean later on 
John's like, he was my best friend. And everyone just kind of stares yeah, at him. Yeah, and we're like, we don't know who this is. Like, we've never met this person. All we know is that there's these two women that have been throwing themselves <laughs> at John. And he women. has had no interest. But John keeps on running to Marcus being like, Marcus, don't go to Lorna. Like, and now there's <laughs> and this other crying guy. crying about his friend Pulse, who's also like a muscly guy. Like, it's like, what is going on with John? Like, <laughs> anyway, John so- is gay. John Prosser is gay and he needs to come out of the closet and love himself more. Oh my God. So there, so there's like the sound of bullets at the fence that they're going to use in multiple sets. And yep. <laughs> Sage, Sage and Marcos, and Marcos come Marcos run towards the fence. And Pulse is also there. And they're like, okay, we have to get out of here. And Pulse is like, I'm going to buy you some time. You need to leave without me. And so they're like, no, we can't. This is the morph scene again. This is also like... I don't know, a scene from D2. Like, this is just such a shittily <laughs> I know, because he walks, he walks out. There's nobody there. His eyes There's light no up. There's no one. Turns out that his eyes are like a fucking telescope, and yeah. they like go across the entire area, and he knocks out the electronics. It's like an electronic machine gun, like one of Xavier's machine guns. And there's dramatic music playing, and I'm like, why Why can't... I was just like, why did he have to do it from why here? Why did he have to go 10 feet forward past the fence to do that? I, that's what I'm saying. He's like, you have to leave well i buy you time but like also he's still right there like i was like this is so stupid it it didn't make any sense and it's like why couldn't he turn off the guns from where he was he immediately gets shot he gets shot instantly by one soldier who emerges from the bushes and shoots meanwhile the the television quality of this scene is like suddenly like in mutant x 2000 birds of prey i was like what is going on i was like just like the quality just plummets to the ground oh and there was like that really awful line that was like delivered when they were like this is the exposition to the viewers so we understand like what's right. going on yep. Paul says like they call it a mutant rehabilitation facility like it's a place to pass time and I was like <laughs> who wrote this line I demand to know <laughs> Yeah, it's like, why is he even saying that sentence? I don't know. At all? Okay, so there's a similar line that I hated in Agents of Shield, and Todd, I know he's listening to this, and he's probably going to immediately know what it is, okay, or not. But what I hope it? he does. It, it? It's delivered by Chloe Bennett as Quake when they decided that she was going to be an Inhuman, and they had like the Inhumans replacing the mutants in the MCU yeah, until yeah, they decided yeah. Agents of Shield wasn't real or whatever, right? Because then they got the rights to mutants, <laughs> yeah. and also the Inhuman shit was, like, really bad. Yeah. I mean, even the comics were doing this. Like, Kamala Khan, originally supposed to be a mutant, right. etc. So all those people that were turning into Inhumans were being put into these, like, concentration camps or yeah. whatever. Right. And Daisy Johnson has this line that's like, can't they, like, have, like, some sunny, nice things in there? Because they're people, too. And I was like, <laughs> who wrote this line? <laughs> Just, like I want to know. It's like as though <laughs> no one knows how to talk about a concentration camp suddenly. So like they have to figure out a way to be like. So I mean, Mag- I Magneto guess would. prison's bad. I mean, to okay, be okay, fair, okay, okay. Polaris but- has a pretty badass line later in the episode to read that I really liked where she's like no, are you talking about the one where she goes like you she's just like, congratulations and figured out you're the bad guy yeah, I, I was that. like yeah that was, I was a great so line. glad she said that because I was so annoyed at reading that scene this is my thing with the screenplay and this is what I tell everybody is that yes this there's a point person that has written this episode but there have been revisions made by yeah, other people so and dialogue people. that's so, been like, put in we there can't even often by blame actors. or credit <laughs> anyone with anything because we don't right. know and we'll probably we never don't know, know these people yeah. we'll never know who the fuck these people are and maybe it's all the actors individually who are saying look come on and you know constantly that might be on them that might not be the writers at all 
I don't know. Right. So so anyway, there's the opening credits, which reminded me of Mutant X because I just watched that because Maddie now Maddie's convincing me maybe we should watch that TV show on this well, show. Well, because at least then it would be fun. I mean I think I think if we do that, it would be in the same way that we'd watch Legion, where it's like, well, we can't break it down because there's nothing fucking happening here. Right. So we just watch a few episodes in a row. Mutant X is a version of X-Men that has all the serial numbers filed off because they truly didn't have the rights, like literally, and they got sued by Marvel Comics for <laughs> trying to make something called Mutant X that they it didn't lasted have the three rights seasons, to. which yeah, is but they crazy. Got sued still. I'm pretty sure there's a psychic in there called Emma. I yeah, don't even it's remember. Not, they really, they really pushed, <laughs> pushed that envelope. <laughs> anyway, uh, so opening credits, and we cut to Lorna, who's still being like carted around some facility. I don't know which one it is because they say it's a different one, but they all are the same fucking set. This is this is this this is the scene I was talking about before where there's like literally a conference room with a sign stapled to the wall that says prison on it. And, it, and I was like, <laughs> I can't fucking believe this. I can't this, believe I mean, this. These other shows like Law and Order and FBI or whatever, they can have a lot of the same. Yeah, they all have actual prison sets because they have to do that because that's the only place they're filming it. But also I was gonna say they can ret- they do a lot of scenes that are just in like the fucking police department or whatever because like that's where they operate so they have like the police department with the desks and then they have the holding cells and like they don't need more sets than that and honestly this show needed to just be like we have this sentinel services building that we're all in and we're operating out of instead they're like this is a different building that looks exactly the same as the last nine buildings we were in and i'm like why also quick question why are they transporting reed and lorna together it's purely for the plot reasons, right? Like, it's only so that Marcos and company can save the two of them at the same time, right? Because there's no reason yeah, why I mean, these two people no reason for would this. be they transported weren't together. Near each other. They were nowhere near each other physically. They're a man and a woman, and prisons are gender segregated. One's a mutant, one isn't. They have totally different logistical reasons. Like, there's literally no reason, logically, why these two people would be in a prison van together. I don't know ever. either. Ever. So Lorna is put in this cell next to him and she has like a bunch of lines right next to Reed. And so they have plenty of time to have a full conversation with each other that no one's monitoring, by the way. And Lorna's just like, this is hilarious. <laughs> yeah, Lorna, Lorna's cracking jokes, which I love about her. She's amazing. And I do, way. too. And right now in the in the comic books, she's just dressed as Magneto murdering yeah, people. I know. She's amazing. Anyway. So so she Reed <laughs> Reed is like, OK, let's be friends. And Polaris is like. You're a cop, first of all. Second of all, the last time I saw you, you were trying to get me imprisoned, and I am in prison now. So why the fuck would I even speak to you ever in my life? And Reed yeah. is like, um, I don't, I don't know. You're mean. <laughs> and it's like, it's such a funny scene, even though it makes no sense. He's like, he's like, I have information for you that you need. Like, I, I met your boyfriend, Marcos, and he was helping my family. And she's like, oh, so not only did you put me in prison forever, you almost got Marcos killed. And then she just ignores him. Yeah. And Polaris is like, guard, this man's bothering me. I love her. I love it. I'm a Dumont. Like, all of this was hilarious to me. I love I, that. I, like, told you way in advance, like, like months She's before perfect. we got to The Gifted. I was like, listen, Emma Dumont holds that show together. I had completely forgotten that Amy Acker was even on the show, to be honest with you. So, like. Well, because her character is forgettable. She isn't. But her character no, is. No, exactly. Right. 
So anyway, going back to the mutant underground, this is the first of the many scenes that are going to be identical in which fucking John Proud starts explaining everything going on with Lorna and Reed. He's like, okay, so they're in the same cells together. For no reason. Don't worry about it. It's all very convenient. (laughs) Sage is allowed to have lines here where she gives statistics about how they're going to fail. Yes. uh, Which is a very Sage line. That's like her only line. She's like, we have an 86.5% chance of failure. Beep boop. Hello. (laughs) I, I... This actress is a good actress. Yeah, but However, they don't introduce her powers. They don't say who she is. I don't even think they say the word sage at any point. I, I'm so I'm so exhausted for multiple Fox films and now TV shows that have these characters that like like nobody decided to do any research on anybody beyond Wolverine. Well, but also, like that's it. Okay. <laughs> So uh, people are probably wondering why we're so annoyed by this. So like Sage is incredible. All I want is to care about a character. And in order to do that, you need to tell me who they are. Even if you're not basing it on the comic book backstory. Like if you come up with your own backstory, fine. As long as it's good. As long as it's a good story. But like, who is this woman? Why is she talking about a percentage that they're going to fail? Why should we believe her? We don't even know what her powers are. We don't even know why she's saying this. You know what I mean? Like, we have no reason to believe this. We have no reason to care. She's just like a robot in the background being like, hello, watchers. (laughs) Please push A if you would like to see us go into the jail cell and save Florida or press B to come up with another plan. And (laughs) And like, the only characters we know in this scene are Caitlin and Marcos. So naturally we root for them because we know them. Imagining the fucking two two XL robots sitting there there. instead of Sage. We need to read do this episode but like with our friends it's yeah. like we, we can staff. easily do that that's the sad part we could easily <laughs> all do right that. we gotta call it mink and be like listen i know you live in norway She's but we need you to come, come back. like listen you know i i don't i don't know what's gonna happen who's gonna play who of the d2 cast that don't live anywhere near each other we're anymore? gonna figure it out we're just gonna have to figure it out anyway um okay so you already skipped over the fact that there's like 35 morlocks standing around in this scene like do we want to even say that like john is addressing a room like okay, with a uh, full okay, fucking uh, hold on hold on we're, I, we're not, i'm gonna lose my fucking mind okay so <laughs> i was thinking about the fact that the mutant underground is a great way to be like yeah these are the the actual morlocks because they're underground but in season two they go to the morlock tunnels and meet the morlocks so who the fuck are they i don't know <laughs> i don't know ryan like more morlocks I, was like, I don't know and also they only slightly care about having people look like mutants this is gonna be one of those derailed episodes that our I listeners know, gonna really be like manic. oh my god ryan and maddie came in and they were punchy from the start <laughs> i don't know we both just watched the episode today and we both didn't like it it is what it is it's fucking dark outside and i'm just angry all the time because it's, we get like three hours of light a day so this is winter ryan <laughs> well this is winter maddie and winter maddie says i don't know why the gifted squandered all of its opportunities <laughs> so caitlin now i'm caitlin dying and marcos are basically like we have to save reed and lorna because otherwise the plot won't advance and sage is like doesn't change the math marcos and marcos is like i don't care about the math i care about lorna who's with me and then only a couple people raise their hands. It's Caitlin, obviously. She wants to save her husband, Reed. She's like, uh, I'm new here, but excuse me. Um, I got something to She's say. She's like, like, I'm human, what, and I don't have any superpowers. <laughs> But I want to save my husband, please. She has a she has a really stupid line there too, where she's like, "Listen, I can't shoot laser beams out of my fingers, but I do have an idea." That's in the next identical scene. That's not this scene. That's the next. No, scene. I thought it was this one. 
Oh no, you're yeah, right. It's an oh my god, I right? can't it keep track. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Uh, okay, so anyway, so <laughs> so we have Caitlin, Marcos, Dreamer, and Clarice. Harry, who's a new character as of this episode, another Morlock that I didn't fucking know. I was like, even though he doesn't look like a Morlock, we're screaming. Okay, I know all the weird off-brand mutants from Age of Apocalypse more than I know any of these random Morlocks that stood in the background of a, of a panel of a comic book like one time. You know, it's like. Who who even took the time to pull out these characters on their production? I like why these characters? Why why isn't Callisto in any of this? Why isn't Callisto in <laughs> you know any of the why. films? Or it's these... because she was in one film and she died. She's an X three. They didn't even right? say her name or use her powers, and, and she yet, didn't look like Callisto. And yet it's all over for her. Okay, well, hopefully when they do X Men in the MCU, she'll be there. But who fucking knows? I'm really excited that Echo starts in like two days because I need something that's actually good. Yeah, because this this show is making us sad. (laughs) (laughs) So then we go after we we learn that only five of the random Morlocks actually want to help out. Uh, we yeah. go to a scene of the twins, the twin teenagers, Andy and Lauren hanging out. And Andy is so annoying on this show. Like, this is another thing about the show that's tough is that one of the main characters, all he does is complain and be bad at his powers. Every scene he's complaining and whining. Every scene. He has the power of being emo. But that's not good. Like, don't have a character complaining this much because it's unpleasant. Also, why is he emo? It's like 2017. Like, that's like me me writing like a goth cyberpunk character from the 2000 era into a 2024 show and be like, this is how okay, kids Ryan, act now. Okay, Ryan, I hate to break it to you, but teenagers are emo at every era. That will never change. No, you, you know what I mean. Like, the style. Anyway, <laughs> so he's being whiny and bitchy. He's got his little his discman on which i don't know why he has that because again 2017 we don't have those anymore like i i was like ipods have been around for like 10 years yeah he doesn't have an ipod though he has a fucking walkman i mean maybe he can't afford one like maybe that's what's going on you know it's a good point because later on marcos has a flip phone and i wondered about that maybe in this alternate reality technology is shitty lauren lauren was like on a oh i think she might have been on her cousin's cell phone i think that's what that was she was and that was a smartphone that had instagram you're right 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 Tech is weird on this show. I don't know when the show is happening. It's but maybe like, it's supposed to be like the underground is off the grid, so they use all this old tech. This is something they could have actually explained and established, by the way. That's kind of like the skate rink I went to last week that still had CDs, and I was like, whoa. That's actually amazing. <laughs> that rules. It was pretty amazing. And they played like Gorillas and then Jay-Z <gasps> versus Linkin Park. And I was like, this is yes! like, <laughs> like senior year of high school for me. Anyway, uh, so So Andy's bitching and he's like, our dad's just gonna die because no. Nobody wants to help us. Did you hear computer girl? Basically what she said is we're screwed. Beep, boop, beep. (laughs) (laughs) Beep, boop. Dad's going to die. And like Caitlin and Lauren are like, can you fucking stop it? Like what? And Andy's like, so I'm just supposed to live in fantasy land. Nobody's on our side and we're all going to fucking die tomorrow. Did you write all this down? Like I did not write anything down. I shouldn't have written it down. These lines are terrible. So then we go to this scene where Marcos and John are looking at a bunch of building maps on some computers. And Marcos is like, there's only five of us to break into a prison. And Caitlin's like, um, six, technically. And then Blink is like, how are we going to do this? Oh, my God. Is this different from another scene that happens way later? Yeah. There's like another blueprint scene. Yeah, there's multiple blueprint scenes. And so um, we learn about this guy, Harry, who's kind of new as, a, as of this episode. He can turn himself invisible, but it doesn't work on cameras. It only works with like human eyes, basically seeing him. That's it. 
Yeah. So he's like, I can make the guards see this, but it's not going to work on security cameras. So then Caitlin interrupts and she's like, what if we don't go in? Look, I know I can't shoot lasers from my hands, but I do have an idea. Daniel said the place they're taking them to is far away. To put them on a plane, they'd have to move them. Let's get them while they're moving. Okay, you're right. This is here. I'm mixing up the scenes in my head, and I'm trying to look at my notes at the same time, and they're all confusing me. Well, because the scenes are identical, honestly. There's multiple scenes. Yeah, so they're like, okay, so at some point, Lorna and Reed are going to be in a prison transport van. So let's break into that. It's a pretty good idea. Right. And then after that, there's a scene where like Marcos and John Proudstar make out and it cuts to the commercial break. (laughs) Okay. But before that, Marcos is like, I know how to find out where the route is that the van's going to take. I have connections with my drug cartel. Yeah. And I'm going to go do that. And John is like, the last time you did that, honey, you never came home. And Marcos is like, I'm fine. And like storms off. And like, that's, then there's a commercial break. Yeah. So Dreamer has a cup of coffee now. Because every character has to be drinking coffee in at least one scene yeah. per episode of The Gifted. And she even asked John if he wants some. I don't know why this dialogue's here. It's like as though the characters are wasting time. It's very weird. It's like, yeah, just write a 20-minute episode instead of a 45-minute episode if you don't have enough to do. So John and Sonia, a.k.a. Dreamer, have this conversation about how in the previous episode, Dreamer put a memory into Blink's head of John making out with her, Blink. And it's it's a memory that, that is going to continue on on the show for a way longer than needs it's to. It's going to continue on forever. It's going to continue on forever. And, and John Maddie is was like, pre annoyed when I told her it's that. It's still annoying even now. Um, and so Dreamer is like telling John, don't tell her that it's a fake memory because it it'll feel like a dream to her. It's an impression. It's going to fade away. And John is like, what if it doesn't fade away? And she's like, what if she leaves and then we can't use her powers to break into the prison van? What then? And John doesn't really have a good comeback to that. Right. So that's that scene. I also like that part where Johnny was like, what if she had said no? And Dreamer's just like, I would have ignored her anyway. It's like, thanks, Dreamer. Yeah, pretty much. Like, Dreamer's just kind of a bad person is what this scene tells us. I don't know. No wonder John didn't want to hook up with her. She's like, I would have just brainwashed her without her consent, which I did anyway because we didn't have time. And John is like, why are you a sociopath? Like, what is going on right now? Right. And so now we're going to cut to this club that Marcus is going to where he meets his ex-girlfriend, Carmen, who, like, runs multiple games. She runs the drug cartel now, and it used to be run by her father. And that's what Marcos thinks is going to happen. But she's like, Papa left it to me. Listen, they're people of color. So therefore, they're bad people. That's right. And there's like Spanish language electropop and like bottles of tequila being poured dramatically. And he has to drink the tequila. And he like makes a face like, oh, no, I have to drink the tequila. She sits down. She also has like... A really stupid line here, I think. This is when we reveal that, like, they had been together or fucked or something. It's not even really, like, specified. I think they were together because she keeps saying, like, my father saw you as a son. Like, it seems like it was a serious relationship and not just a fuck buddy situation. Right. And then so Marcos is like, hey, I need intel on Sentinel Services. And Carmen has a stupid line where she's like... Oh, so you want me to help you find the girl that you left me for? And I was like, Jesus Christ. And then she has like another line. She's like, what would she think if she knew you were here groveling to me? And I was like, I, this, this, this dialogue is like, it was making me 
fucking crazy. Yeah, she'd probably be okay with it because who cares? Like, she, he's just trying to get the information about, like, how to break her out of prison. So she'd probably be okay with it. Right, this. and so eventually he's, she's like, listen, I only do favors for my friends, so do you want to be my friend again, a.k.a. do you want to come work for me yeah. and do some shady shit? So yeah. then they do the shots, and then it cuts to blank, like, moaning and orgasming. Yeah, she's and, masturbating. Like, in the bed. She's like, she's like, <laughs> I really don't like that they do this to this actress. It was making me really uncomfortable. And sad. It's like, why? It was so she making has me this uncomfortable fake memory of herself making out with John. It's not real. And she, the character, kind of knows it's not real because when she gets up, she like looks at her alarm clock. It hasn't, isn't going off. It just says it's 3.30 a.m. Also, she's wearing shoes in bed. Did you notice this? She's wearing shoes. I thought about that too, but I actually thought about that on a deeper level where I think that was intentional. Yeah, I was like, is she supposed to be constantly on the run and like never setting herself down? I think everyone is, they've all done this where they've like had their shoes and shit on where right. they're like, no, yeah, you're I'm right. ready to get out of here if there's a, like, you know, I don't have time to put on my shoes because we're being shot at type of situation. It's pretty hardcore. I mean, again, I would like it if that was like, world building across the show that was kind of explained in some way as opposed to just me yeah, but it's, it's having really not, to put that so. together on my own anyway so she she wakes up and she looks really worried and like kind of scared almost like she's like i'm not supposed to be thinking this about john but she doesn't know it's a manufactured memory so right right it's a weird scene but also her life is weird now so who knows what we're supposed to think of this i don't know and then there's another commercial break it goes back to another scene where john's explaining the plan again yeah and they're talking about intervening with the buses now there's blueprints and they yep. spend a lot of time looking at the blueprints that's right and lauren's like listening in and this is this is when lauren goes out to andy and she's like hey can you break the truck safely and he's like no because if i do this i just blow everything up and she, lauren's like what if we work with our powers at the same time like you're blowing up the stuff but i'm trying to contain what's actually being shot at mm -hmm. and so they try with the lamppost kind of like he's the gunpowder she's the shotgun barrel like she can kind of create these force fields so she's kind of the barrel of the gun that is her brother spoiler alert the fenris twins and the comic books when they like hold hands they like they power up and like explode basically okay so they have kind of a similar power set maybe which you're gonna see on the show later is that at one point they hold hands and then suddenly nazi like, flashback no i mean it is kind of like that because there's like a scene <laughs> with the nazis doing it and then they do it later great can't wait like, in the same episode i mean i can't wait for these two characters to be juxtaposed directly with two nazis randomly <laughs> Why is this the show? Why? I don't know. Anyway, Maddie is like, I, 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 this show is like hard to watch. They just, I don't know why they made this decision. Like genuinely, like again, I said it in the first episode, but like the more time goes on, the more I just don't understand it. Yeah. And so anyway, then we go back to this, this scene is, I actually think is written kind of well, where Lorna and Reed are talking to each other. Oh, I love this scene. This is my favorite scene in the episode, except for the scene where Lorna escapes. Yeah. Reed's like talking to Lorna. Yep. And he's like, listen, I was the one that persecuted all these people. And, you know, I didn't realize how bad shit was. And then I found out my kids are mutants and yep. they didn't mean to hurt anybody. But my kids are fucked. And Lorna's like, congratulations on figuring out that you were one of the bad guys. And then Lorna like rips him a new one for like another 20 minutes, which is pretty great. It kind of rules, honestly. I love this whole monologue. <laughs> She's like, did you write it down? On the verge of tears. Yeah, she goes, congratulations on figuring out you're one of the bad guys. But so what? If you would have thought about it a little longer, you wouldn't have destroyed so many lives, huh? You want forgiveness? Ask the little boy who I strapped into a bus while he screamed, begging to join his mommy in prison where you sent her. You know what? Ask the hundreds of families whose lives you and your friends ruined. Don't ask me. And then she just turns around and Reed just like doesn't say anything because he's like, oh, 
okay i guess yeah, she's I know, not right? gonna help me reed's like i'm sad because i did the wrong thing for a long time and lord is like yeah no shit yeah like his whole career he's like wait i didn't realize you could like use mutant powers by accident i thought everyone was doing it on purpose to hurt people i'm dumb yeah right it's like so outside well, how did you whatever anyway I know. <laughs> moving on from that outside of the mutant underground lauren and andy are showing john what they can do and he's really impressed like john is like oh this is great and caitlin walks up and she's like what the fuck are you doing with my kids like yeah right. what is going on right now yeah and john is like we don't have a good alternative here and caitlin is like so you're gonna use child soldiers now which i thought was a interesting line in the context yeah. of like the larger x-men narrative professor xavier yeah yep yep and Andy's like, we're not kids like that anymore, mom. And Caitlin's like, no, you're not doing this. And Lauren follows her. And I kind of can't believe this argument works that Lauren makes. But she basically is like, mom, I know you're scared, but you told us we have to take risks sometimes because of what we believe in. And Caitlin's like, okay. Like, essentially, like she takes a little more convincing than that. But like, yeah, yeah. Basically, she just listens to her daughter and is like, I guess we have no other choice. Like, my kid wants to fight for her rights and to save her dad and this is it we're gonna fucking murder some cops i guess i don't know like there's not really a good argument against it other than she's worried about the safety of her children but yeah they're all gonna die anyway so i don't know i would have let the kids do it too there's no good there's no like good decision here um and it's amy acker so she's acting the hell out of it and lauren's doing a good job too I did also like in the background, like Andy trying to walk up and like participate in the argument and John just grabs him and is like, let your sister do this. <laughs> like, I thought that was funny. I don't know if yeah. you noticed that. I noticed I that too that. and I did like that. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty good. And then we have a commercial break and then we go back to Carmen who brings Marcus. Marcos and Carmen. And Carmen is like, I've got a guy tied up in a warehouse that I need you to use your superpowers to kick his ass and tell him what we need to know. And Marcus is like, I don't want to torture somebody to death because that's like not my thing anymore. And she's like, too bad, bitch. If you want to save Lorna's life, you have to do this for me. This scene is like a very DC Comics thing. That really? I felt like it was a very like um, crime procedural thing. Like just well, a classic like drug kingpin manipulating the main character. You but know? like I feel like there's been so many DC movies I've watched where like there's somebody that's being tortured by the bad guy. Like that's what it looks like to me. And then the good guy has to be pulled into it, even though they don't want to do it. Yeah, and I know. I, who even fucking knows? So of course, Marcos does this. He uses his powers to like threaten to blind the guy. And he's like sort of shining a light in his eyes and, and like flickering making it his and making face him... burn a little burn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the guy's like screaming and he like admits that he stole some drugs and like was squirreling them away in his cousin's garage. And, and then it just kind of like cuts away. And he's at the mutant underground. And he's like, all right, I got the intel and john's all jealous he's like you went to see carmen tell me all about it yeah did you guys fuck and, Car- and like, marcos is basically like i did what i had to do back off and it's like a sad weird scene that like goes by in a second it is like weird i'm like well, did you blow somebody for her like what i don't even know what happened like other I mean, than like kind of do he had to like torture a guy and he feels like uh, she's yeah. gonna be holding that over him forever but like well, is maybe. this ever gonna I- come back i don't know i think it does but so then it goes back to blink having another sexy dream about yeah, john identical i was like scene. Identical it's like well scene. like oh, oh, oh i was like this episode is like really bad blink's character has now been completely reduced to woman who has sexy dreams about john Proudstar, a guy <laughs> I mean, who isn't attracted to her i mean he is sexy he's hot he's hot <laughs> i'm not know, gonna man. deny that and he seems like a catch like he's a good leader 
He's he loves Marcos and not Blake. <laughs> she needs yeah, to right? move on. I, I, I don't know. And then but then it cuts away to Dreamer who's like hitting on John and John's like, I don't want you to touch me. And he's like, Where's Marcos? I was like, What is that's like kind of a funny moment where like we see Dreamer it's like a montage where like Dreamer walks over and touches his arm and he kinda of looks at her and then is like, Oh, I thought you were someone else. <laughs> I know. Meanwhile, like in the background, Blake's like moaning sexually. I was like, What is this? And they're I don't I don't know what this song is that's playing, but they're playing some like dramatic lyric music over it and Lorna and Reed are being transported in the background. It's like a song I've never heard of but they're like it's a, it's got lyrics in it and it's like playing over a montage and it's like I, yeah, superpowers like, yeah, it's kind of like that they're like superpowers but they're bad and, you know and so <laughs> and anyway like I, kind of I, so, and there's like Marcos <laughs> holding a rosary and doing Hail Marys in Spanish because he hates himself. We're going back to the set in which they found Blinken except yep. now it's shot from the other ro- side of the room so it doesn't look like the same set and John yes. is going over the plan again. And yes. I was like, I, I can't. I can't. What is happening? Why is there like, uh, why are we back in the first set, but it's a different place again? And also we're doing this scene for a third, fourth time. I was like, what's going on? And Blink's just like ready to shove her vagina into his his cock. He's like, he's like, yeah, she's like, so I feel like I would remember this. But like, did we go outside? Wink, wink. The first time we met and like, and like make fuck. out outside. And he's like, nope, that never happened. And she's like. Yeah, that's what I thought. Just checking. Anyway. No <laughs> but she's like grinding up against him. And I was like, well, oh my God. It's a weird moment because it's like, you can tell John's not interested. I do feel like the actor is doing a good job of like portraying that. Oh, I don't have any problem with the actors on this show. But it's awkward because this plot line is boring Sucks. to me. Like, yeah. this, the stakes of the plot line are one character thinks they made out and now kind of retroactively has a crush on John. Okay, so here's my other problem with this. We never learned anything about Blink beyond this, right? Like, we, she was a totally mysterious cipher when she showed up. She had no backstory, no, no motivations, nothing, right? And now she has invented motivations that aren't real. Right. And, like, what are the real ones, though? You know? Are we ever going to know? I don't know. I don't remember the end of this show. That sucks. I really wasn't paying attention to the show as it came out. Like, I feel like it'd be easier to care about this if we knew who she even was in the first place. We don't know anything about her. But we don't. We barely know this woman. And now she's got fake memories that make her think she's in love with John. And that's a problem. Okay, so anyway, moving forward. We also skipped the scene where Lorna and Reed get put into the truck. I said that it's part of the montage, but they don't really say anything there. They have like a separate conversation. Part of what's interesting about this part is that they change Lorna's collar out. Did you notice this? I did. And I was like, why didn't she attack them as soon as they changed the collar? But I guess it's because she doesn't have any metal to attack them because she does say later there's no metal nearby. Like, the whole truck is made out of plastic? That's impossible. But I also think Pulse is there. Oh, yeah, I guess that's a good point. Because, like, that's the big reveal right. in a few minutes. Yeah, no, you're right, like, you're right. So yeah. we're going to cut over to them intervening the convoy, and Caitlin, Lauren, and Andy are on top of the building. Caitlin is, like, panicking. She can't open a Ziploc bag, and then Lauren's <laughs> helping her. She literally can't open a Ziploc I, bag. It's crazy. I and then, wrote that down, and I was like, why is this here? Like, although, what? Although, there is a cool line here, sort of, where Andy's like, it's really quiet, and then, like, Lauren's like, yeah, because it's Sunday. 
And then she pauses. She's like, yeah, it's Sunday. There was going to be a big football thing we were supposed to be at this weekend. And now that life is completely gone. Yeah, I liked her line right there. And she cries a little. I mean, again, these actors are really good at what they're doing. The actors are great. I don't know that right. the script is, but the actors. And then for some reason, we put a commercial break here. And then it comes back and the vehicles are coming. And Andy yep. like can't focus on anything because it's moving. Yep. So Lauren steps in front of him and says all the shit to his face about how he's useless and a stupid piece of shit. So then he does what he needs to do and they work together and she goes sorry you work better when you're angry she like knows that he's not going to be able to perform unless he's pissed off because his entire motivation is like a villain arc seemingly where like no matter what andy's gonna break bad oh he does turn into a villain of course he does this is like the most anvil shaped foreshadowing in the universe that andy's gonna be a villain i mean he's wearing like all black in a shirt that says i'm the villain he has no other possible arc he could take it's like Everything he does is complain. Like, one's going to be good, one's going to be bad. That's the end of that. It's annoying as hell. I, like, I'm so bored by it. You know what would actually be interesting? If Andy turned out to be good and Lauren was bad. That would I know be that cool. would be interesting, but that's not what's going to happen. Not. You of course know not. That. Andy's going to be a bad guy because he's the one who's whiny all the time, and whiny people become villains. That's... That's superheroes. No, you become a villain when you drop all your papers on the floor and nobody helps you pick them up. Then you become (laughs) a villain. And you fall into an alleyway that's full of cats. (laughs) This is what happens. Oh, my God. Uh, Anyway... So he he pop they pop the tire. That's all they do. I feel like they could have done so much more, but they're like they pop the tire. Jace comes out with Sentinel services. He's immediately panicking. Jace is like, "It's mutants! It's mutants!" And all of his coworkers are like, "Are you sure, dude?" Reed's like in, inside, whispering to Lorna, be like, "We should work together to escape." And she's like, "Dude, they're like right here. Like, what is wrong with you?" <laughs> He's like, this is our only chance to escape. And she's like, I don't know you. Meanwhile, John is like inside the warehouse from like three other episodes that's now being used again. And he's running through walls, yep. like smashing them open. And how are they not hearing that, by the way? Like John is just I like the in same the same question. He, everything, he like smashes. Walls he runs through a wall. fucking juggernaut. He's he running does. through walls. I thought that too. And he screams. He goes, Rah! and I was like, <laughs> and then he's like, shh. Okay, let's sneak over the truck. <laughs> it's like, John, why did you do this? Somehow nobody outside hears this, but Jace goes, this is definitely a mutant attack because that tire exploded. Yep. And then what's what's the name of the dude who went invisible? Like Harry. Harry goes invisible. So Harry and Dreamer and Marcos are like separately in an alley. I don't know why there's these three groups or what their plan originally was, but like they're also looking on. And by the way, Marcos was like, if this goes sideways, I'm staying here because... All I care about is Lorna, and you guys need to escape. And they're like, okay, idiot. I don't even know why Dreamer's on this mission. She can't do anything. Me either. She can't do anything. She has no purpose at all, but whatever. I guess it's because they need all the people they can get. It's like, these are the actors we had this week. This was around when I started noticing all the characters saying look all the time, and I was like writing it down angrily in my notes. Oh my God. (laughs) Well, anyway, Harry goes invisible. And then meanwhile, John blinks like smashing your vagina against John again, being like, oopsie. And then she tries to create a portal, (laughs) but it's not working. Yep. She says something's interfering, and John's like, "My powers also." Yeah, they all right. He's like, that. "My powers aren't working," and he's like, "Oh no, that's impossible." Except and we're already like, "Yeah, we know." It's that it's your ex boyfriend, and he's back. He's not dead after all. We thought he right. got killed by that guy in the bush at the beginning, but he didn't get killed? Question mark. Right. It, which results in Harry becoming visible. Although 
I don't know how they didn't see him before because you could still sort of see him when he I was know. like invisible. I thought that was weird. He kind of looked like, you know how when you go invisible in Super Smash Bros, you can like still kind of see the character moving around. That's kind of how Harry's powers work. Yeah, but like more of that. Yeah. So he goes visible and then he gets shot like 16 times. Yeah, right. And I was like, I'm like, they, just, they seriously just shoot the black guy. This what is the where fuck? this is where Ryan Damian was like, is the one black guy in this entire fucking show who isn't a bad guy about to die? <laughs> I was like, sure looks like it. Oh, well. oh my God. But he apparently lives for two more episodes. So I don't know. But he does get shot a billion times. I was like, this is so much. And then John Dreamer runs over and throws a bunch of paper towels on the wound, which I laughed at. Well, like, I literal mean, that's... fucking paper towels. <laughs> I don't know. why. Where did she get those? <laughs> I don't know. Did you notice She's... that? Just use your hands to compress the wound. Uh, John sees that Pulse is being controlled in part of Sentinel Services. Yep. And John, John turns to like, Blink is like, he was my best boyfriend. Best friend. John goes into juggernaut mode and tries to kiss him back to life. And, and Pulse is like, I don't remember you at all. I don't know who you are. Marcos is like, well, at least I know how to shoot a gun. And it's like... <laughs> That's right. Marcos is like, okay, so my, my powers don't work anymore. I'm just going to take out my pistol and shoot until I run out of bullets. Meanwhile, fucking... Kaylin's running around with her purse. I'm like, why the hell does she have that? I was yeah, like, she has a huge backpack slamming around against her thigh. No, it's not even like a backpack. It's like an actual purse. I'm like, what the fuck is happening? And it's like full of medical supplies. I and guess she's that's like, true. kids, you have to get away. Let me stab this guy with a syringe. Well, that's because like the guy's looking at their car and yes, they're like, one of their our powers cars. aren't working. And Caitlin's like, well, I'm Amy Acker and I can use a syringe. And then she does that, <laughs> knocks the guy out. Then she tells Lauren and Andy to get away. Yep. So then the two twins get into one of the two getaway cars and they escape. Yeah. And Amy Acker finds the other one and shows up at just the right moment later in the episode. Yeah. And then also they the people are pulling off. I don't know why they even do this. They like take off Lorna's collar. Okay, this part's <laughs> hilarious. I, I think we... I, I, I don't understand why they're doing that. <laughs> okay, uh, some really funny things happen. I'm not sure when this happens, but at some point someone runs up to Jace Turner and says, Sir, shots have been fired. And I was like, wouldn't he hear it? Because there's like constant gunfire all around them. Like, also, did you notice that? Uh, like a cop ran up to him and was like, Sir, there's gunfire. And I was like, do you not understand what your walkie-talkies are for, for one? Like, why did you physically run up to your coworker and be like they're firing on us like you need to not do that and then also the cops are like well pulse's powers are gonna make all the mutants uh not work anymore so let's take off lorna's collar for no reason <laughs> and then lorna immediately attacks why them immediately why does it happen nobody know. knows i think because jace is like well the tire is out so we need to move the prisoners out of the van because the tire got blown out i was like what the hell is happening i was like replace the tire like i don't understand this i thought like, that's what i thought they were gonna do maybe they maybe they like irreversibly destroyed the axle of the the wheel i mean that was what they said they were supposed to do so okay the last three minutes of this episode are insane and impossible to follow because it's like jump cutting between like john jumping on sentinel service guards and also like fighting pulse while lauren it's like i can feel my powers yeah so like as soon as john punches pulse out pulse passes out and then everyone's powers work again of course yeah marcus is like blowing up a car like everyone like blinks opening a portal dreamers like carrying harry through the portal there's guns firing off and then like meanwhile like the struckers are running around i was like 
what is this editing? I like could not tell. And like Amy Acker's in the background pulling up the getaway car and being like, get in. And it's like, how did she know <laughs> to pull up right then? Also, w- I was confused because I thought she told them to leave, but she's with them. So like, did we miss a scene? Like, No, she doesn't have the twins with her. They left. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're they right. They left okay. in the other car. They came in two cars. I forgot there were two cars. Okay. So. All right, there is that scene that I loved where fucking Reed and Lorna are on the, the truck. I do really like that scene where, where Lorna actually escapes. So, like, the two of them are completely unsupervised, again, for no fucking reason at all. Like, at all. The two of them are just sitting on the floor of the truck, and Lorna's like, my powers are back. And Emma Dumont is acting the hell out of that moment where she's like, I can feel my powers again, but there's no metal nearby. Yeah. And Reed is like the screw in my leg, the one that, that, like, she discovered in him ages ago, which I'm sure she could sense, but, like, she knows that's not an option. Right. So she just doesn't mention it. And he's like, take the screw out. And she does. And then she starts like flinging metal around and killing a thousand guys. It's amazing. I loved watching this. It's very similar to the scene of X-Men 2 yep. when, when Magneto, uh, Magneto pulls the iron it's out so of good, the security though. guard. And he's got these tiny little balls that murders everyone. This is what they spent all the money on is just this one scene with the floating screw. And you know what? It was really good. I really liked watching it. It was pretty cool. Unfortunately, the entire episode doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah. And then, and then they all reunite. They get in the car and they're sitting there and Amy Acker, or just, sorry, Caitlin's hugging Reed and they're hugging. And she's like, I love you so much. And Reed's like, drive the fucking car. <laughs> and that's the end of the episode. Well, except for that one scene where Jace turns around. And he's like, He's like, they got away. I'm so angry. And that guy's like, well, they're going to be on the open. We could find them. And Jace goes, no, anybody that ever has liked mutant and like has thought about liking mutant now needs to die. And I was like, Jesus, dude. But isn't that already how the laws work? Like, I was confused by that. <laughs> like, Jace was know. like, shut down every safe house, every sympathizer, anyone who's ever helped them. And I'm like, isn't that what you've already been doing this whole time? Like, what's changing about this? The the dialogue is not good. Listen, this is a one out of five X's for me. I like. I struggled. I was with this watching one. this. I struggled, and I was like, I'm like, I really want to go do something else. <laughs> I don't want to watch this anymore. It's like not even fun to watch. Although it is fun to recap in the Ryan and Maddie kind of way. Like it is fun. I'm having a good time with that. I'm worried our recap yeah. didn't make any fucking sense. But you know what? The episode didn't really either. I think it was around the time where Marcos was going to the nightclub and meeting up with his ex girlfriend that I was like, I don't know what this show is. I don't know what the show is anymore. <laughs> like, why is this character I forgot, here? I already forgot that happened. It's like, it's so... You know why? Because it doesn't need to be there. That's why. I, it doesn't need to be in the show at all. I don't have anything to say other than it wasn't good. It was, like, not enjoyable to watch. There were repeated scenes. Okay, and also, like, what's going to happen now that Lorna is free? Like, what's the next plot point? Genuinely. Like, what even is it? Um, well... Because they're out of out of plot now. Now that she's free, she can try out to be part of the Mutants May Cry division of D-Men. I don't know, like... <laughs> the next plot point is everybody goes to Mexico, right? I mean, they just leave the country. Dude, I don't fucking know. I, like, I honestly, I watched this, up, this show when it came out and, like, didn't enjoy it when it was on air. So... It was also, like, at the worst possible moment of my life, which is hilarious because, like, I'm also in a really horrible place now. And I'm like, why is it that Logan in this show is just, well, like, lining up, like, time. the fucking... So now... No, but, like, that I'm coming, revisiting them, like, almost 10 years later, being like, well, yeah, I'm going through shitty another shitty period. I, yeah, right? I was like, what's going on? Anyway, this episode's not good. You can skip it if you're watching along. I'm giving it a one for the part where Lorna pulls the, the nail out of, or the screw out of Reed's leg. That part's great. That's the one and then everything else is a zero I, what's what is the next episode uh, the next episode is called like
like boxed in or something where I was like, I don't want to be boxed in. <laughs> don't box me in the gifted. What is this show? Do you want to hear? Do you want to hear what the the recap is? Yes. Oh, God. I don't even want to read it. Jace, motivated by a tragic event from his past, throws all the power of the Sentinel services into finding the mutant underground way station. Blink's vivid dreams lead her to confront Dreamer. Oh, my God. Sounds like a shitty episode to me. <laughs> what? What is there on this show? Oh, my God. I, I warned you. I was like, listen, it's not good. And also, you're about to see, like, Blink become reduced to, like, sexy dreams. She's already been reduced to sexy dreams. Like, everything cool about Blink is gone. Like, everything we liked about Daria Blink is already gone. Like, her entire thing now is throwing herself at a man who isn't interested, which is sad. She's like, my vagina She's is like, wet. My vagina is wet, and I'm sad, and my motivation is that. And I may have had a cool, mysterious backstory before now, but I don't need more. That's it. This is all I have. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, even, like, who's gay? I'm like, well, I guess it's John and fucking what's-his-face. The Yeah. John and Pulse. I mean, like, I don't even have anything to say about that. I already said, I don't even want to do who's gay right now. (laughs) (laughs) Are we too angry to do this show? Like, well, I I don't know. I I shouldn't ask that live on the air, but I mean. I don't. It's, I I mean. (laughs) We're struggling. We're struggling, folks. When do the cuckoos show up? You know, like, I keep saying that, like, as if, like, all, everything will be fixed upon that happening. I think it will be. Because people do say that season two is better. That's what people are promising us. I Which I hope it is, because right now I'm like, this doesn't even feel like an X-Men show. Okay, so here's my other thought on this before we wrap up for the night. I think it's interesting how many moments there are in this episode where characters don't use their powers. Like, it's not really a show about mutants anymore. You know what I mean? Like they purposefully put Lorna in the collar so she can't use her powers. And for most of this episode, she can't. And then they bring in this new character, Pulse, who destroys everyone's powers so that they have to use guns. So they have a normal shootout, like normal human ass shootout with cops. Like, why is that? And then and then our main character, Caitlin, she's a human. She doesn't have mutant powers. Reed doesn't have powers yet. Reed, Jace doesn't have any mutant powers. Why are there so many human... Like, this is supposed to be a science fiction show about mutant powers, no? And yet this entire episode isn't about that. The whole storyline with the drug cartel and Carmen, that's humans, you know? Like, yeah. that's not thats not what I'm here to see. I, don't, I mean, I don't think this show knows what it wants to be because it was from the Fox era, and I don't think any Fox property knew what it wanted to be. I think that's true, and I also think, unfortunately, that, like, hiring the Burn Notice guy was a mistake. Sorry to Matt Nix, I like Burn Notice. I enjoy that show, but it's not... It's not a science fiction show. And this doesn't really feel like a science fiction show either. It feels like a show that doesn't know what to do with its sci-fi premise. Yeah. Because it just, it doesn't have any ideas for that almost, you know? Like, it's it keeps coming up with excuses to take away the character's powers so that they can have quote-unquote normal fight scenes. Or like stupid human problems like a love triangle that's boring about three people we barely know because we only just met them and one of them has invented memories so like what's to care about there i guess that part has to do with mutant powers but like not in an interesting way you know what i mean yeah it's just kind of too bad so those are my thoughts on the gifted so far yay i don't have anything to add to that (laughs) 
Okay, well, maybe next I week. I just let you kind of like go, and I was like, Maddie's is going to spiral, and we'll let it happen. Well, maybe next week we'll do a listener mail. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe we'll do box I mean, in. We maybe do. we'll do a listener mail. I don't know. Maybe we'll be in a better mood. Maybe we won't be. Maybe, maybe is this going to be a show where we're going to have to start breaking it up and be like, all right, we need to watch like an episode of Spider Man and Friends or something. Like, I mean, <laughs> I, like, I, I'm also wondering, like, is the gifted a show where we don't need to go episode by episode? Like, should we be watching three episodes in a row? Because like, not a no, lot is happening. God, no. Yeah, but Ryan, You're then we get that, through that it faster. Watch... We'd get through it faster if we did it that way. You could put it to a vote for the listeners and be like, what do you think? I think it. I don't know. I don't even know what our show is anymore now that we've run out of material. <laughs> yeah, I, I like how we're spiraling now. Like, we're the ones who are spiraling. I, there is things that we could do, and I've thought about it, but I'm definitely like, yeah, the, the the way that this show has worked for the past six years is going to change until they've released something. Yep. I know. But, like, everything else in my life in the past year has been a fucking purgatory, and it's just, like, sitting here waiting. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> let's yeah let's move and on. it is sad that this isn't something that can be fun in that time because we've been stuck with like the wolverine anime and now this so although the x-men anime loved that that was great really great but that was the last good thing we watched yeah, on remember this show that? <laughs> god um well mutantages.com it's our website. It's a place you can go. It's a place you can go. Maybe, you know, maybe it'll become a place where we host a different podcast about something else. But for now, it's mutantages.com and it's still about X and adaptations. Could be about the Golden Girls and how they had mutant powers. It might be a, a Gargoyles rewatch podcast. It might be something else. A Slayers rewatch. <laughs> okay, that would be really funny, actually. That's um, like a, just a separate show we end up doing. You know what? We're always going to be doing something, me and Ryan. You don't have to worry about that. So mutantages.com check us out email email us at the mutantages at gmail.com we're probably going to do a listener mail soon even if it isn't next week uh and now that the episodes are two weeks apart there's actually enough time for you to write in if you want yeah. although probably not because we're recording way in advance uh we have a discord server where you can hang out and talk about the gifted tell us if you want us to watch more than one episode per podcast let us know what you think of this was this a crazy episode you tell us. Join the Discord. Yeah. And we have a voicemail inbox, which is 1508-319-1668. Please call us. Leave us a message. Tell us uh, what you like about The Gifted, if anything. Convince us we're wrong. And um, follow us on social media. We're the Mutant Ages everywhere. I'm Mitty Myers everywhere. Ryan isn't really on social media anymore. Um, <laughs> Ryan. I am a Ryan. <laughs> I am a Ryan Pagella on uh, Instagram. I think that's... Ryan's Instagram is very good. I, you know, he's getting really good at roller skating now. So I recommend following it and checking out his clips. You know, his stories. Yeah, I. it's just like, I've said it so many times on this show, but like ever since Twitter fractured, it's just like social media is hell. It's pretty bad. Marketing's hell. And I feel like a lot of websites are kind of experiencing that too, you know? You know, it's like, it's like we went from having like four main social media sites to having like six or seven and AI was introduced at the same time. And Which I'm like, is also introducing so much garbage onto every website you ever read and Google. I don't even enjoy the internet at all anymore. It's like whatever bad. little bit it's I bad. really have disconnected in such a way that it has not been great. And it has also affected me like even checking it on Discord because I'm just I at least Discord is like normal people. Yeah, I mean our Discord is great. If if you are feeling lost in the in the seas of the internet right now, our Discord is a place you can go that is I pretty cool. I I love our show. 
and I respect all the other shows out there. I just don't have a good feeling about anything with the internet right now. That's all I'm going to say. I feel like things are not... No, I totally agree. I feel like we're running out of time of the internet, and I don't know what that even means. Well, <laughs> but I think we're at an interesting inflection point, you know? Like, kind of yeah, like the invention that. of the internet. Like, I feel like we're at another one of those moments in time where, like, we That's don't so funny. know I just said that the other how day. AI is going to impact everything in our lives. I know that sounds dramatic, but it kind of does feel dramatic right now. It does feel dramatic because, I mean, I don't know. I don't, Maybe it's just because we're in a creative industry and, like, so much of what we do specifically. Didn't we, like, make a bunch of TV shows and movies about this in the 80s and 90s about how we're not supposed to do this? Yeah, and, like, I feel we're like just I doing it anyway? That, but you know what? Nobody else does. Um, and the Sentinels are coming, folks. There's nothing we can do about it. I'm ready to take a rocket ship off this planet and go to space. That's where I'm at. Me too. Any day now. Um. So All right. we also have a YouTube. <laughs> we have we a do. YouTube channel. You can check out that video dark. that Ryan was talking about at the beginning of this episode with the oh, yeah, bargain bin Morlocks in it. You could you could look yeah, that up. Yeah. Uh, that'd be fun. Maybe I don't even remember <laughs> maybe what that was called. I'm gonna look it up right now. Some of our takes on the gifted and put that on. The I YouTube. might for this episode because we were whenever a, we like we rip in into something. True form in this episode, we were truly unhinged levels of screaming let's see mutant ages i'm gonna see if i can find what it was called so you can all go look there well you can share it you can share it on social media and accompanying this episode when we put it out so that people know what we're talking about um but we're also on patreon we have bonus episodes there and all kinds of other things oh it's called it's called callisto's morlock dungeon amazing That's what i'm gonna it's watch called. it again on- right after this and remember how great that video is but there's a lot of other really good videos of like accompanying animation with our podcast yeah but yeah we have a patreon patreon.com slash the mutant ages you can support us and get bonus stuff in the feed and our highest tier patreon supporters get a shout out on the show yeah that's a uh, shout out to samuel b and soren b for being our top tier patreon supporters Yay! especially supporting us through whatever this is <laughs> thank you we appreciate you thank you for keeping us going on yeah. this show because I that's kind of what it feels like lately with Logan. We could use the cash because we're going to be replaced by AI any day now. It, you know what? AI, try to fucking replace this. You can't. You can't do it. Robots. They can't. They can't. I mean, it already, it already tried on that episode yeah, that I true. had it right. <laughs> and it wasn't as good as you are at writing the Mutant Age as the comic book. No, Not I'm definitely close. a better writer than Not AI. But, close. you know, if we want to replace all journalists and writers with AI, yeah, sure. See how yeah, that see goes. Yeah, see how it goes. <laughs> see how it fucking goes. And uh, if you can't afford to support the show, we understand it's tough out there, but please share the show with your friends. You could share the gifted <laughs> episodes, or you could tell somebody to go back and listen to X-Men the Animated Series or X-Men Evolution or even Wolverine and the X-Men, which we thought we didn't like, but that was before we saw the Wolverine anime or this show. So little did we know. They really have gotten worse as they've gone along, haven't they? They really have. You know, it's the point where you can look back at Wolverine the X-Men and be like, there's parts of that I enjoyed. Although, again, X-Men anime in the middle of all of that was very That's good. That's true. You're right. I, I have to keep remembering they haven't gotten worse as they've gone on because the X-Men anime exists. But that was like a whole different like 
production. Yeah, that was yeah, like I don't know. totally different. I, you know what's yeah. I, I think what's difficult about the gifted is that like other than Polaris, it's like a bunch of characters that like It's just really, random people. And yeah, pl- I, the plot sucks. I'm sorry, but there's no fucking plot. Where's there's Storm here. or Wolverine or Jean or Emma or Beast or Nightcrawler? Like Kitty, Jubilee. Like the characters have like really specific personalities, and instead we like have like random Morlocks that they have no to personalities. Make personalities that, 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 no personalities for the show. But they haven't even made up the personalities though, right? Like they literally haven't made up anything. Like I would like this show if it was all original characters, but they came up with shit. Yeah. But they haven't even done that. Like who are these people? I mean, they did too. There's Lauren and Andy, I guess, I but even really still they're like stand-ins for the other Strucker twins, I, you know? I don't feel like they're fully realized people though. Do you know what I mean? Like I yeah, don't really I do. feel like I understand who they are. I don't know how to explain this. I, they've been kind of in the background since they escaped. I don't know. It kind of feels like even though we're only on episode four, so I shouldn't be like kind of saying this yet because of course we don't really know any of these characters yet, but this is an ensemble cast. So there's a lot of people on the show and I feel like I don't know any of them. Anyway, this was another episode of <laughs> the mutant, the mutant AGIs. Yeah. So, and uh, we'll see you. Next time. Next time. Bye. Bye.